Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is Set Your Expectations, Episode 2. I'm your host, Joe Garriger. Again, this is the show where we explore different lifestyle choices every episode and break them down and the stigma surrounding them with a different guest each time. I'm joined by my co-host, Josh. And Josh, who do we have today? Well, today, Joe, we have Brian Sonley. Now, Brian Sonley is a new bartender and an old friend of ours. He spoke to us at length about the ins and outs of bartending, what it's like to work in the downtown bar scene here in Toledo, which is actually a pretty lively bar scene. Right. Uh, What it was like to really move between bars and kind of the different aspects of um, what exactly is expected from him as a bartender and what he thinks is the the best part of his job. Okay, well, let's delve in. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, I am joined by Josh as my co-host, just as I have been for the past couple of decades and probably the next forever. Uh, how's it going, Josh? Hello, Joseph. Uh, and uh, who are you? Uh, my name is Brian Sonley. Okay. All right. So what do you do? I mean, why are you even here? What's uh, your purpose for being on this podcast? One, you invited me here. Two, <laughs> it's, it's, it's for me to talk why, to you. Why are you in you, in, you invited me here, you asshole. <laughs> why are you in my home? Let go of my arm. Uh, you wanted to talk to me about bartending okay. and my experience in bartending. Okay. So um, what do you do exactly as a bartender? As a bartender, I like to make a drink based not so much on what you ask, but what you like. And I like to provide a good amount of, I don't, I don't really know how to put it. I, I like to give you more of a, I don't, I don't want you to buy a drink. I want you to buy my personality with a drink. Work. So an experience. Want, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how long does it, like from the inception of your, of this person at your bar, how long does it take you usually to get to that comfortability to where you you can have a feel for what they like rather than what they're asking. For. Just a simple conversation. You're like, what do you like? What do you like to drink? What do you, what do you normally drink? Is it beer? Is it liquor? Is it wine? Is it anything? And as a person in my position, I feel like it is of the utmost importance to really make sure that I'm one step ahead of them, at least to give them a drink that they really like and that uh, I make it fun and I make it, you know, exciting for them and to, sort of make sure that I always take care of them. Okay. All right. So you don't try to extend the utmost hospitality. Absolutely. What would you say? I know that there's going to be obviously on the low end, obviously on the high end extremes, but I'd say your average um, relationship. What is your, your, your average relationship like with somebody who's buying drinks from you? It really... I don't know, it all depends because there's such a wide array of people that come in. Like you could have really nice people that go to church all the time or that might not make them nice, but it really all depends on the person that it is because some people will talk to me about their daily life and then other people will come in and tell me how much they hate their job. And <clears throat> there's a lot of, I don't know, unknown because I don't ask too many questions. I just make sure that they're taken care of for whatever they need. Um, 
when I first started bartending, I heard the phrase, good times are bad, people are drinking. And that's always something that I've sort of looked at where I don't want to look too deep into themselves, but I still want to make sure that they know that they're being taken care of. Okay. I like that. Good times are bad. People are drinking. No, no matter what, someone's drinking something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so is there a certain kind of mood that you like to be set as far as, I guess the, the, the biggest thing would be musically. Musically, where where are you most comfortable? I'm sure that there's, I mean, different types of things that you you've played. You've probably served drinks under a wide array of music types. So, what is your uh, what sets the tone for you to your most your utmost comfort? It doesn't make a difference. I like to say I don't know, like slower, like R and B, jazz music. It brings a really good vibe out in people. Obviously, if you don't like it, you'll just leave. But the people that are there and stick with it and want to just sit around and hang out and listen to it, and they're just like, yeah, give me something. I'm like, all right. And that's where I come into play. <clears throat> and that is more of something that, you know, I talk to them, what do you like, all that other stuff. And then I just kind of make them something based on their preferences, and then we go from there. If they like it, which I usually know they will, I kind of just hang back and if they don't like it I make them something different okay um so as a kid uh can I ask how old are you now I'm 26 okay as a kid um what was your dream job what what did you want to be when you grew up I never actually had a dream job when I was growing up I never thought of myself to be like an astronaut or a scientist or anything like that. I've always had like different aspirations for myself and I've always sort of wanted to do exactly what I want to do. And as I've grown <clears throat> and you know, my lifestyle now, uh, I still do exactly what I want and that's kind of where I'm at in my life. I'd like bartending because it gives me the ability to do exactly what I want. And that's the way to live, really. I mean, if you... Well, especially in your mid-20s. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but, I mean, always, if you can have some kind of grasp on that and not let yourself lose that in your work, I mean, I think that it becomes less of a job and, and more of something that is rewarding on mm-hmm. multiple levels for you. Um what would you say, uh, like, generally, what do you think people think of your profession, bartending? What do you think people think of when they think of bartending? Um, typically, I, th- I think that once you establish a, a relationship with a bartender, you get free drinks or you're, I don't know, more entitled to have, <clears throat> I don't, don't want to say a better time because it's not always true because... I'm still a human being. I still have my good days, my bad days, and things like that. But I, I don't know. I still like think that bartenders or people think that bartenders are just like sort of a lowly job, something that you sort of shouldn't be doing unless you were like down in your luck or you had some sort of hardened past. Right. But, but my so own, people kind of look at you. You think that people are going to look at you like that's not your first choice. 
Yeah. Or absolutely. Like down the profession as a whole, like, oh, well, this guy's just a bartender. Yeah, like, oh, he's just a bartender. Well, I'm also just making your fucking drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I mean, absolutely. I think it's, I mean, from that, there's the, 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 the I guess, misconception or the stereotype that once you're in tight with a bartender, like, you deserve the best service because you tip the highest or this dude owes you free drinks because you tip him at 20. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard through my life bar hopping, everyone's got the bartender. They know, like, oh, this guy's going to hook me up. I know it for a fact. And we get to the bar and the guy's like, he's, he's yeah, just doing I mean, a half shot extra in your drink. That's not anything special. You're still getting charged full price. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, so the hookup wasn't that this dude doesn't water my drinks down. Yeah. Cool. Oh, he used fresh ice after he stirred everything around. Congratulations. <laughs> I think you especially hear that from, like, Maybe the female population that they'll just say I can get well, drinks if I go. Here's here the thing. The thing is though is that that's it's different when a girl says it because if a girl says it. It's probably that he's trying to bone. As an average looking dude, nobody gets free drinks. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody is aspiring like yeah, I'm gonna sleep with this five bartender. It, it doesn't work. It does not work. I actually had a lady that. I mean, maybe four. <clears throat> There was a lady that came in one time and she was just a torrential, torrential bitch to me. And disputed her bill was just very rude. And at the end of the night, she was like, hey, do you remember a few weeks ago when I brought in that party of like 30 people? And I was like, no, every night blends together, man. I really have no, <laughs> yeah, I don't no clue what you're talking about. Um, well, I brought in a lot of people for you. I'm like, cool. Would, uh... Do you want anything else? Um, well, maybe I was thinking like a free drink. I was like, oh, you said you drink vodka, right? Yeah. Okay. And I just like put a bunch of ice in a glass and then I walked around and uh, stared at like the bottles for a minute. And I just put water in the glass and gave it back to her. She tasted it and she was like, this is water. I was like, oh yeah, that's the only free drink we got. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that's ass. How'd she respond to that? She uh, asked to speak to my manager, and her argument was, well, I asked him for a free drink because I gave you guys a lot of business. And he said, oh, what did he give you? He gave me fucking water. You're like, oh, good. Oh, nice. And then That's the freest drink we have. And then I got a high five. I don't really understand, like, why she was upset. And she doesn't, like, I think that it's, it's just messed up. Like, you put your heart and soul into that water. And, I, and it's the coldest water she could have got. Finish it. No, she took one sip and then she resigned. from a bottle. Like, <laughs> the spring water. The finest artesian. Yeah. The finest artesian well water. <laughs> artisanal well yeah. water. Um, I bet if it was a smart water, she would have ran with it, though. <laughs> no, I feed you them big old $8 bottles of water. We actually carry Fiji. Do you? We, we carry those bottles. And it was like seven fifty, and we dropped it down like $4 because nobody bought it. Yeah, it's expensive as fuck for water. It's too expensive. Yeah. So as far as uh, misconceptions go, would you say that's the biggest misconception of your job? Or do you think that there's mm -hmm. a specific stigma that bothers you that... People have no idea what they're talking about, about bartending. One that kind of stands out above the rest. Um, I want to say a lot of people do know what they're talking about because I've been, I'm 26, so I've been 21 for five years now, uh, <laughs> which I'm not one of those white girls that are like, it's my fifth 21st birthday. No, but you're 26. Um, 
but it's more of like a lot of people know what they're talking about and then and know how they want to drink and then there's the people that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about and still want a drink that I made but they want it I don't I don't know it's it's really weird everybody's like in the industry is totally fickle about everything it's so as far as people like associating you with, with a, a preconceived notion is there any that that bother you that what people think of you like they look at you and they're oh that's a bartender so he must uh i'd say my biggest thing that i get is people like to call me an asshole which is very fair. They are not wrong. <laughs> but they think they, they, they automatically assume you're an asshole. Yeah. Oh, oh he's, he's, just, he's a fucking prick. He's a guy bartender and he's out for all the girls' numbers. I'm not. I'm out to get the fuck home at the end of the night. <laughs> I don't care. I genuinely, I, genuinely 100% of the time <laughs> don't care if it's girls' night, if it's guys' night, if it's couples' night. I'm not trying to talk to anybody. I'm trying to make, I'm I'm trying to take all the money that you made earlier that day, and put it in my pocket. <laughs> right. I but, guess on the on the same side of that, like you know, Joey asked you if there's any misconceptions about your job. Do you think there are any mis- misconceptions you have about customers off the bat? Like, like you see somebody coming, you're like, oh, that guy's for sure gonna be an asshole. Um, there are. It's not, like, based on the look of somebody, but it's based on the drink that they have. There are... Is is there a let-me-speak-to-the-manager drink, like there's the haircut? Uh, Genuinely, it's, like, a vodka... Cranberry onion. It's a vodka something, like a Cosmo. She doesn't know what she likes to drink. She just wants... Can I get something fruity? Mm. Uh, Yeah, you you can, as long as you're not... uh, Giant waste of my time by the end of this tab. Yeah, they make a great fruity drink next door <laughs> at Tropical Smoothie. <laughs> uh, did you want the alcohol? <laughs> what? Um, what's your your favorite drink to serve? My favorite drink to serve. I actually lately I've been working on more of a mixology or molecular mixology style drink where I put a ball of ice into a glass and then I put booze inside of it. And it's genuinely, or it's generally the older pre-prohibition era style cocktails, like an old fashioned, a Manhattan, a Sazerac, anything from there. Uh, and then I serve it in a ball of ice and then I crack it in front of you. So it's more about the visual rather than the drink, but the drink is still, you know, right there with you to match your experience. How often do you make that for yourself or request that someone makes that for you? Uh, it doesn't happen too often. Uh, the answer is never because he's not an asshole. <laughs> uh, well, I got to do a lot of leg work for that. I got to walk <laughs> so many feet. I, mean, I have to find an ice sphere. It's hard as fuck to find these things. They're not. I do make them. I make about 20 a week for people. And if you like. I sort of feel out the situation, like, if you don't start out as just human garbage, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool, this guy's cool, I'll, I'll give him a good time, I'll give him and his date a good time. Um, not in, like, a sexual way, but <laughs> I, I don't swing both ways, but, uh, <laughs> like, if I am if I know that he wants to impress her, or if I know that they're just out to have a good time, I'm just like, yeah, here you go, here's something really cool that you won't find anywhere else. 
Okay. So that, that's like your signature then? It's my thing. Okay. Um, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been bartending? Uh, since March, which means it's been about eight months now. And you've been at multiple different places, right? I've been at two bars so far. Okay. So then I guess not limited to your specific establishment, do you think that you have, you feel job security? Yeah, absolutely. Just as a bartender in general, um, mm-hmm. with your skill level. Mm-hmm. I'm good at what I do. I have fun at my job. I I don't want to say I don't take it seriously, but at the same time, I make sure that I show a good time and I kind of make sure that all my guests and clientele that come in are comfortable with me as a bartender. So I have return service and I have my regulars. I have my people that will recommend other people to come in and talk to to me like, oh, aren't you the guy that we heard about? Yeah, I am. So do you think that like then, I guess, for example, if your bar were to fire you today, how quickly could you have another job? Within a week. Within a week? Do you think that this is a good city for that? There are... From what I understand, Toledo has, Toledo has yeah. the most bars per capita oh, yeah, absolutely. in the United States. Yeah, and <laughs> the only downfall of Toledo for bars is most of them only want to hire girl bartenders. Um, it's coming around uh, very rapidly to where they hire guys as well, but there's gen- generally more girls that are hired as bartenders than guys, or you have to go through some... Uh, you have to start out as a server at the bar in order to work your way into a bartender because the bartending job is a lot easier. Is it specifically bars or is that more clubs? Uh, I wouldn't even want to work in a club, so I'm not even considering that. Okay. Uh, A club, I feel like, is a nightmare, although they do make vastly more money than I ever can. Right. But... It's completely different. I feel like... Where you said that you are there to provide an experience, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's no opportunity for that. No, you, it's, it's more of a turn and burn situation where you ask five people what they want and they give you five different drinks and then you take everything that they have, uh, or their tabs and then you just go on and go on and go on. And they're only there simply because like it's a cool night or there's cool, fun karaoke or... Anything like that. I guess the beauty of that is that, like, instead of working for your tip the way, you know, Brian's got some showmanship here, um, I think there it's more or less about, you know, quantity of drinks. Yeah, served. it's definitely a because, situation. Yeah, everyone's, I mean, everyone's tipping you a dollar or so per drink or, you know, give or take, but they don't care about you. You, don't, when you, you, make, don't, you don't care about them. Like, yeah, when you make just, 400 drinks a night and everybody tips you at least one dollar, that means you're getting... $400. Just with the other four bartenders. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I think that some people's skills probably accent that better mm-hmm. than, than what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people may be a little more fast paced and they just feel comfortable doing that and mm-hmm. they get in a rhythm. Uh, I think somebody like you who's, who's more trying to find that connection with, with people as you go. Um, same thing that I do when I'm selling cars. I mean, I try mm-hmm. to provide an experience. Um, you're selling yourself just as much as you're selling Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that probably plays a lot into the way that you, your conversation as far as tips. I mean, because you aren't going to be just like every other bartender, essentially, yeah. when you're providing an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that through misconceived, like preconceived notions. I think one that I know that isn't necessarily what I think, but I think that I hear a lot bartenders slay ass. Like male bartenders probably slay ass. And I think that goes probably hand in hand what they think that you give a lot of free drinks. Um, but I feel like that is just what people say. You definitely learn how to talk to people more. You, you have some kind of uh, attitude about you. you. You walk tall. And it helps talking to people in general. Um, I'm not the type of person that will just pick up a different girl every other weekend. Or what have you. Uh, yeah, but, but is, that, is that something that you've experienced people, people saying or, or people... Feeling, or is that something Let's that go back to the conversation about? earlier. I'm a five at best. <laughs> I am such an average looking man. Well, well maybe not about you. Well, but, but, well, about but, but a lot of a lot of guy bartenders, you they do have a better personality fit for uh, women 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 to be attracted to. Like you talk to them a certain way, you know how to talk to people because you deal with people all day. Well, I, th- I think you, you, you're coming in on an advantage, right? Because you are a man in a position of social power. Like mm-hmm. you are, as the bartender, you are in control of that place, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like you are the person they need to speak to. Mm-hmm. You become 600% more approachable just because you Because they have to approach you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like people can't escape you. They have to Process come to you. Process of elimination. I'm the last remaining person there <laughs> that you can talk to to get a drink. Right. Because everybody else is gone. Yeah. So and it is, it is it, you know, you are in a position of like, like social power. So it's just like, you know, women have to approach you. Men have to approach you. Everyone, everyone, everyone mm-hmm. has to come talk to you. You are in charge of that place. I think, yeah, I mean, it, that, that makes power is the ultimate aphrodisiac, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, like, the more the more authority you have, the more attractive you are. There's a lot of trust that's in play as well because, you know, my boss trusts me to not over-pour or over-serve anybody, and the general public that comes up to me to ask me for a drink trusts me to make them something good that, depending on their situation for the night, could quite possibly get them... Yeah, you are, yeah you are crafting something that, that people are going to imbibe. Even though it might just be a terrible, like, lemon drop shot or anything. <laughs> Those will be the best damn lemon I need lemon cherry drop. bombs. I need them right um, now. Can I get... 47 lemon drops. Can I... But I mean, okay. It's a bachelorette party. My, I, this might be a notion I have, not about you, but as about people who order drinks in general. I mean, Fireball's got to get annoying, right? Because... No, Fireball is wonderful. I just pour it into a cup. And then you give me money, and then you walk away. Fireball is a fucking godsend. It's it's whiskey that feels like it's expensive because it has a cinnamon burn, and that's it. Yeah, eight shots of Fireball? Okay, perfect. What else do you need, ladies? That almost takes away from your experience, though. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Those are are the people I don't want to have in my bar, (laughs) simply because I know they're only out to party and I know that if they drink too much Fireball, they're going to cause an issue with me, which I don't like confrontation at all. Um, you have to hire much bigger men than you to be bouncers. Yeah, I look like a walking clitoris. Like, I'm not <laughs> intimidating by any stretch of imagination. Yeah, you kind, you kind of look like a crash test dummy. Yes. <laughs> you yes. kind of look like if Gumby was an actual man. Yeah, you skin toned. Yeah, my head is not that weird shaped. <laughs> <laughs> it's slightly weird shaped. 
Fair. I'd give it a four out of five. All right, all right. My ears are a little off. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. I'm with you. Do you, Do you think that your job is is worth relocating? Like, Absolutely. Did you bartend? If you got an opportunity to bartend out of state, is that something you think you're worth it? Absolutely. Um, bartending is sort of a career that you can take with you anywhere yeah. because you have to have a personality along with a thick enough amount of skin in order to deal with people in general because there's you have absolutely no idea what is coming into your bar that night. Right. Even though it might usually be regulars on a Thursday, you could have a boys' night out because somebody got dumped or cheated on. Yeah, suddenly the whole frat's in the bar. Yeah, suddenly there's nine dudes that are all out to drink Fireball for the night and fight anybody that looks in them wrong. And really, if you get tired of a scene, if you feel like there's regulars that you're not comfortable with, you can take that and go somewhere else. Like yeah. You said. I mean, I can, or, or as, which I've never expressed this, and I'm really, really hoping one day to, I can exercise my right to refuse service to anybody. I really can. Because if I don't like your attitude, if I don't like the way you're coming at me with anything, if you think that I've wronged you, or in general, if you're just a dickhead, I can tell you to leave. Oh, no. Telling people to get out of places is probably one of the coolest things in the world. That's why I love being security so much when I was doing security stuff. Telling somebody to get the fuck out of somewhere, and they, they're just like, excuse me? It's like, nah, you got to fucking roll, dude. And they're, and they're just uh, like, uh, and you're just like, I, I want to speak to the manager. Like, I am manager, and I'll fucking go. Uh, I told you twice to get the fuck out. Yeah, you have. And that I'm not serving them. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have to kill the count of nothing. Please, please go. Thank you. You have the, the count until I beat your fucking ass. <laughs> well, not me. Someone bigger than me. Oh, yeah. Not me either. <laughs> do you do you find that it's hard or I guess hard to serve for you to to judge when to cut people off? Uh, after a few drinks, I will you know try and approach a guest about how their night's going, what they're up to, uh, even their name, and if they start slurring or if they start acting like weird, like a little bit hesitant about anything. I kind of base it off that, like, hey, maybe after your fifth drink, you should have a glass of water. So it's a masking conversation. Yes. So they have no idea that that's what you're doing. No, you're not at all. I guess, um, you don't have to answer this because it's a little incriminating, but like, have you, have you, are you guilty of ever, I guess, underpouring someone intentionally because you know they're drunk, but they just won't stop trying to buy alcohol? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten several people fairly sober just because I'll, there's a lot of tricks to it, pouring booze on the top of the glass and the straw. Um, there's a lot to it, to where they feel like they're having all the alcohol in, like, literally 90% alcohol. And it's really, like, 30% because I know you're intoxicated. I know you're trying to impress that girl. I know that you're being kind of a prick. Um, and I don't want to deal with it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I'm guilty of it. Uh, I know anybody else in the business is as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you're not the only bartender I've ever met in my life. You know, being 28 years old, I've been to a few bars. I know that a lot of bartenders will be about right? like, yeah, one, maybe, at least the, the other two bartenders that I know will tell you that, you know, yeah, absolutely. There's There comes a time where you have to, you know, you're not doing it out of malice or spite. It's literally just like, this dude's drunk. He yeah. won't leave me alone about buying more booze. He's throwing money at me, so... Yeah, I mean, and that's where the cutting people off comes into play, which is my last line of defense. I don't ever want to, you know, 
invite somebody to leave. But if you're clearly way, way too messed up, I don't want to be held responsible for you getting quite possibly a DUI or going to jail because of a DUI or even just getting in a car accident. Yeah, hurting yourself or somebody else. Yeah, yeah, it's not anything that I ever want to happen to anybody just because you wanted to party and then go home. Right. Uh, irresponsibly. Do you do you have a lot of instances where you have to confiscate keys? Rarely. Only once or twice. And that was the one of my regulars actually showed up hammered, wasted, had one drink, passed out of the bar. I ended up calling him a cab and I gave him his house key off of his keychain. And then I said, you can come back tomorrow and grab the rest. He came back the next day and he actually thanked me for making him responsible about everything. I called the cab for him and obviously I made him pay for the cab. I'm not that nice of a guy. <laughs> well, I think in, in today's world, like it's, it's, I mean, it's gotta be real easy for you that you can just literally like, all right, you're too drunk. Give me your phone. I'm going to call you an Uber from your own phone, and then you can just leave. Oh, yeah. Shit. yeah. Just give me your phone. I don't know my passcode. Bullshit. Yeah. Like, your Uber's you, here. You've called your ex four times in my bar. <laughs> You're texting him right now. I can see you doing it. So, do you do you think, like, okay, is your bar, do you have a security guard who's, who's normally on site? No. Okay. My bar is... Somewhat low volume, so <clears throat> a Friday or Saturday night, my bar will be full, but it's a lot of slow drinkers. Uh, sparingly, we will have higher volume where there's, you know, a lot that could happen between people just because it's Friday night, they want to party, it's not the bar for that. Right. Do you do you think that or were you, I mean you worked at another bar before this? Mm-hmm. Like, did you have security there? Yes. Uh, how did that feel? Like just knowing like this dude's here, he's got my back. Like he's bigger than me. Oh, it's great. That just in turn makes you that big because he's just fighting your wars. It it didn't make me feel bigger, but it definitely was easier to let someone know that I'm not fucking around. Right. Uh, if you get out of line one more time, I usually try and give people some. Oh God, I can't even think of what I'm looking for. I, I usually try and give people like the benefit of the doubt okay. that okay, maybe you know that was just a one-time thing. But if you continually act out and you know try and be a problem for me, I'll I will have no problem letting you know that there's a guy three times your size that will <laughs> throw you out. That will gladly leave. He's been looking for a reason to lift you up all night. He makes so three times as much as I do on a Friday night for standing around and smiling to throw people out. Mm-hmm. He would love to earn his wage. <laughs> wow. So let's talk about like benefits. So, you had expectations of what being a bartender was going to be like, mm-hmm. just like everybody has expectations about what it really is like. Mm-hmm. Do you think that your like now salary, um, obviously including tips, uh, any other benefits that you get from it, uh, monetary or otherwise, do you think that those things add up to be better or kind of worse than what you had expected going into this? Room? I knew going into it that 
there wouldn't be any like medical benefits. Um, but with the bar that I work at, it is more corporate. So there is ways to work yourself up to where you have benefits to where, uh, <clears throat> you can make more hourly, but it wouldn't be bartending anymore, which is not what I like. I like bartending. I because it gives me the freedom of doing exactly what I want to do outside of bartending. And you can always get insurance from an outfit provider. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you do you think you could retire from that? Depends. Uh, depends on the city. Depends on the bar. Uh, my bar, not really. Uh, but I've been told. I've <laughs> I was actually approached by uh, a whole. What's what's a what's a good word for group of gay guys like a murderer or like a, like a cackle? I think it's a business. A business. A business of very gay men. That I think I, actually it's called a pride parade. I really like a business. Like there they come in. Uh, we're here on business. Yeah, uh, we're here on business. And you know they're all they're all oh, very nicely. They're all they are all loaded with money. And I happily shake my ass for him every time. But so, so you are you, you do like there's I mean there's the the expectation of you know I mean that's why it hires many female bartenders right like because you're getting to look at somebody attractive while they serve drinks. Yeah. So and you, you, you play that up as a man as well. I buy into just about everything I can. Okay. I'm sure every other bartender does because they know what they're getting into. That you you really have to understand what somebody is like by the way that they dress and <clears throat> when you know like I was talking about a couple of gay dudes came in and they told me oh you know you could bartend at such and such place and make a hundred plus grand a year and I told him where do I sign up and can I make that in there tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I would I would drop this I would drop my lease and go there in a heartbeat if I knew I had a job there. Okay. Uh, so that kind of leads into a question that I was going to ask. If you could bartend anywhere, where would you? I'm not sure. I'm, I've am i always wanted to bartend at more of like a super crazy party bar where it's just constantly <clears throat> I give you a drink and then you give me the money and then we just leave each other alone until you want to get another drink and then I move on move on and it makes the night go so much quicker but to also bartend at like a super high class place where i make sure that your glass is 100 percent polished and then i craft a drink around the finest ingredients that you know i found in a garden or, or like some upscale san francisco joint you're oh absolutely you, 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 you're you have a an atomizer and you're <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're vaporizing liquor yes. and shit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, either of those things would be the coolest. I, I feel like um, a lot of people probably just view bartending as generally just you're at a bar, uh, some low-end bar. They don't really realize, I think, when you think about it, I mean, every celebrity has their <laughs> own personal bartender, I'm sure. Weddings have bartenders. There's a lot of, I mean... Well, you know, the, the people tell you all the time, like, you know, the world needs more uh, emergency personnel. So the world needs doctors and the world needs nurses and the world needs police and firefighters. But I think more than that, the world needs bartenders, right? Like everybody drinks. Like where do the cops go? 
a cop bar. Like where the yeah, <laughs> like where, yeah, where, the, where, Every, the, where the doctors and nurses go up to their shift. Everybody the has their bar. bar, and I'm trying to be the bartender for everybody. Okay, hell yeah. Um, you seem pretty into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you get free time? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I. I want to say I get two, maybe three days a week off, and I, I, you know, I have other hobbies outside of bartending. I do stand-up comedy. I draw a lot. I play video games. I frequently masturbate. Absolutely. <laughs> it's important to keep your head clear. Um, so, so... Like, how about, like, free time while you're working? Like, do you get to take a lunch? Do you get to eat lunch? Or you get you smoke stop? breaks? Like, what are your... Uh, I, I usually have about, you know, like three to four smoke breaks on a Friday night when I go in at 5 and then I don't leave until, like, one thirty. I get enough time. I make sure that all of my people are taken care of uh, or... If there's no other bartender, that's it. I'm not smoking until everything's done, mm-hmm. or at least until we close. Um, if I'm lucky, uh, my boss will step in for a second if it's slow, but if not, tough luck on me. And it it's cool. Uh, on the busy nights, it's nice because time flies, but on the slow nights, then it, you know, with my habits, it kind of is hard. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. Do you, do you get to draw when it's slow? No. I don't ever bring any of that to work. I keep all that separate. Okay. What do you, um, how hard is it for you to get time off? Never. I don't ever take time off. If you, if you needed to? If I would need to, uh, it would be just a, hey, I need this day off. Okay, Brian, you got it. What about like for emergencies and stuff? Like, can you just like call in, like, look, dude? Emergencies, I could see because. I, uh, they know me, they know that I'm there, I don't skip shifts, I take up as many shifts as I can, uh, if someone can't make it, and for me to just call in a quick favor of, hey, I have something to take care of, uh, no questions asked, I can cover my own ass. So would you say that your work ethic kind of informs that for you, like that, that the fact that you work so hard affords you that luxury? Oh, absolutely. Um... Would you date somebody in your line of work? It's hard to say. I know it's hard to say because saying no almost makes people not want to. Not want to date you. Yeah. I, I mean, who does though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need you to be kind of practical. Like, if if there was another girl, if there was a girl who was a bartender, I mean, or a guy uh, who fancied or tickled your fancy, and you're like, man, I really like that girl, but she's a bartender. Would you date her? Depends. The, you, you were, I don't know, uh, for me in my dating life, I really have to know somebody uh, before I make the ultimate decision of being with them. Okay, yeah, um, but let's... But, well, let's just say there's a girl that you, you think that you can hit it off with, you think you have some, enough in common, like, but would her being a bartender be the nail in the coffin against it? No, not at all. No? No. Uh, usually, more often than not, most bartenders think alike. We have like fun stories that we'll talk about mm-hmm. for whatever, and like even ideas on different drinks or anything like that. It's always like cool to just ex- like I don't know, sort of bounce things off. 
with somebody. And you're, you're not so insecure that, that all of the attention, I mean, female bartenders, whether she's, oh. a, whether she's a two or a 22, she's getting all the attention in the room. Oh, absolutely. And that just means if we were to go on a date, she would probably pay for more of it. <laughs> or <clears throat> I'd buy one thing, she'd buy the other, and we'd have no issues. Nice. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, um, do you do you think that if she worked at your particular bar, no. you wouldn't date her? No. Is that because you don't date coworkers? What? Do you just not date coworkers in general? Yeah, that's always a good. That's yeah, always a good rule. It is. That's why Joe and I don't date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he's been working on it for twenty years. Does it? And the other way is: does it does it affect does it affect relationships? Not necessarily um, romantic ones, but like not, not necessarily romantic one that you have, uh, but potential potential romantic relationships. Does it get in the way of those, or even affect friendships? Or family. Yeah, you, your, your weekend's got to look packed now, right? It all depends, really. Uh, I usually don't work past, like, 1 a.m., but uh, working in the industry that I do, all holidays, um, like, 95% of the time, we are closed. So, family gatherings, I'm good. Um, you know, I don't... I always try and make time for myself and others. I always try and work around that. Uh, any free day that I can make or like schedule anything with ahead of time, I always make sure that I can. So it sometimes it does get tough, but other times if, uh, even if you're kind of a night owl and you're up past midnight, which I don't think it's considered a night owl, but <laughs> if you're up around 5 a.m., I'm totally down to slam, but uh, even like, you know, just a the, night owl. You the can, kids call it the who up with me lifestyle. Who the fuck up? H-O-O as in uh, uh, night owl. Who up with me? The rest of the podcast is going to be owl noises. Do you think that you have a proper work-life balance? Yeah, absolutely. I know my busy days. I know my off days. I schedule most things around my off days. And if I have nothing going on, then I still have my own hobbies and things that I do. Um, so it's not socially crippling? Not not entirely. Okay. Um, so I want you to feel the freedom to talk about this. But if you don't, that's okay. Okay. What's the worst trouble you've gotten into at work? I usually, or maybe even the worst thing you did that you weren't caught for. <laughs> I know. Actually, we were talking about misconceptions uh, earlier. One of the biggest things is that a lot of people say bartenders drink on the job. They'll do shots with their with their guests, um, or just shots because you know, as a bartender. Uh, for a lot of places, you just feel like booze is free because they can't really measure it. Um, I don't drink on the job. I will never touch alcohol on the job unless I'm tasting a new beer to try and get a feel for the profile of the beer. Um, unless I'm designing a new drink to try and find a way to describe it. So a better idea, a better way to say it is you don't get drunk on the job. No, no, not typically. Um, and all of my mishaps or misfortunes have been 100% sober 
where I made the conscious decision to <laughs> be a total prick to somebody. And usually it's not too far, too deep in, into some shit where I can't crawl myself back out through sweet talkings, but <clears throat> it is a substantial amount of mouthing off. <laughs> okay. No specific instance you want to go into... I think the worst thing I ever said was some, uh, to somebody that they can fuck themselves. <laughs> but that was over uh, something stupid, and I was irritated. But I don't think they told my boss. They just kind of argued with me, and that was that. And I kind of just brushed it off. Um, Are you sorry? What? Are you sorry? No. Okay. I was going to say, now's your chance to apologize. I'm still hoping to this day they're fucking themselves. If you're listening, please continue to fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to death. Um, I mean, before I was in the industry, I, you know, I worked in factories for probably four years, and I was at one point just that drunken douchebag that felt invincible and could say whatever. And there was one instance where I had told my buddy that I would eat the ass off this bartender and uh, the owner of the bar was sitting right next to me and he looks at me and he says that's my fucking daughter asshole and I was like oh dude your daughter's got a sweet ass and uh, years later he comes into my bar and says you're the guy that said you eat the ass off my daughter and I was like when did I say that <laughs> no, um, no, sir. It's not me. I'm afraid. No, no. I feel like a terribly mistaken. That you should. We don't. We don't talk about those things now that I've grown up, okay. and I'm not as much of a dickhead to people anymore. Did you guys? I mean, did that smooth over? Oh yeah, he comes in all the time now. We're we're great. Okay, best friends. Not really. <laughs> um. Well, if you could switch to any career, like any career right now, and I know you have passions, mm-hmm. so I want you to not limit yourself at all. Anything you want to do at all, what would you switch to? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm uh, always up in the air with everything. Like I said, I've been doing comedy since probably February, and just about every time I've ever done that, I absolutely love it. I love being around a crowd of people that not so much focus their attention on me, but I make them laugh and I make them smile. And that kind of goes with the same aspect of bartending where I, you know, talk to people and I make them, I give them a good time. But as for the comedic part of me where I talk to people or I talk at people and kind of give them a good time, it is one of the most rewarding things. Have you considered the potential of a joint effort? Um, potentially doing stand-up and then going to the bar afterwards and serving drinks and continuing <laughs> that, that kind of per- persona. You know, I one of my I have three jobs and two of them are bartending. And one of them actually asked me to do a stand-up show. And at first it seemed like a good idea. And then I want to say two days later, I told my boss from there, I was like, Hey, I don't think I can do that. And he asked me why. I told him, because if they hate me, I still work here. And he kind of understood. So anytime at I can get to tell jokes to them, 
I do, but I don't go all out and give all of my material, like, to people just because I don't want them to end up hating me because of a joke that I make. We kind of, we had an episode, uh, another episode, we had a conversation where we talked about confidence, and I think that kind of goes hand in hand with, I mean, if you're confident enough and you go out there and you believe in yourself, you kind of have to believe that you're going to do great, and Mm -hmm. those people are going to want to come up and continue to talk to that guy who was on stage. Yeah, oh, you definitely have to own it. You can't just kind of shrug it off, like, if... You thought it was funny, but not a whole lot of people thought it was funny. You can't just be like, all right, well, that's it. I suck now. But you definitely have to go with your good times, your bad times. You have to roll with everything. If somebody talks, you have to kind of overcome that fear of somebody not interrupting you. And it it just comes with the territory. Yeah, I think, I think his the problem he's highlighting is that maybe – that's less about self-confidence and more about if you tell a joke and somebody just finds it offensive or they don't like the joke at all, they, they're not going to laugh. Like they're, they're, they're not going to find you funny. You know, humor is so subjective that, like, you could be funny. I might think you're fucking hilarious and the next guy thinks you're an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, I think, um, you know, I know kind of, you think I'm fucking hilarious. Yeah, I do think you're fucking hilarious. And I actually think you're an asshole, so. <laughs> <laughs> Great. The next well, guy's my time, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, you know, all the self-confidence in the world won't help you land a joke with someone who's just not going to find that joke funny. Yeah, absolutely. You're not... Some people go to a comedy show for other reasons, or maybe they don't know. Like, I did a show, like, I don't know, last week, and it was for a diaper party. Uh, it was, like, an open mic at a bar, and the diaper party was being held there, and, like, both parties of people, like the mother and the... Uh, or the to-be mother and the father... Were there obviously the mother wasn't drinking, uh, although Thankfully. I kind of wish she was because she was a huge bitch, and I don't really mean that, but um, they were all like talking. They were talking the whole time, and I tried and tried and tried to get the attention of the crowd, and it didn't work out. So I told all of my abortion jokes, and then I got off stage, and then she left and didn't say anything to me. I don't think she liked the show. I don't know why, but. <laughs> Uh, she she left. Yeah, well, at least you need to serve her. Yeah. <laughs> what does your family think about it? Uh, when I first... I started doing uh, bartending, I want to say in March. Mm-hmm. My dad, who has worked in factories all his life, told me that I am not going to make enough money. That... Uh, I might as well go back to working in factories, uh, working 12-hour shifts, loading in trucks, working around the same people every day, working, you know, tirelessly, never having all the money in the world I could want, but never having enough time to, you know, spend it, but... So without without disparaging anyone's career choices, that's obviously not the lifestyle for you. No, it's not. Like, uh, working in a factory is great if... You know, you, I don't know, if you feel like you need, you want to get back in your feet, it's an easy way to make money for yourself to provide for a family if you're in a quick pinch. Um, But it's not the lifestyle that I'd like to lead. Like for my lifestyle now as a bartender, almost every day is different. I get so many like different 
stories or like different crowds of people that just come in they have a good time and every Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever I work is 100% different from the day before. And I always like sort of learn on the days that I had prior to be more expecting of the days coming. And I always try and make sure that I give my guests a better time each time. So it sounds like you would probably recommend it to like a, a family member. Mm-hmm. Who, who's... Oh, I, would, I would definitely recommend my choice. If you want a good change of pace, if you, even if you like, uh, if you have like small passions like cooking or something, bartending is essentially cooking with booze. And that's, that's a really good way to put it. <laughs> that's how I've always put it. And some people said, no, no, that's not right. I'm like, no, it's, it's actually right. Like that's 100% it. But uh, it's just a different vibe. And if it's not for you, it's sort of the job that will show you that it's not for you. You have to be more on your toes all the time. You have to be more, you know, you have to have a thick skin. You have to sort of be kind of a prick like I am. Does it help? <laughs> Does it help that you have large hands? Uh, no, it actually doesn't. Um, well, I don't know. It depends. Uh, I can hold more glasses in my hands, but at the same time, I'm like kind of like lengthy and weird. Yeah, I mean, it's uh for the record for those who can't see or no people who don't know Brian. I can um, call him basketball. Yeah, he's he's a, a lanky man, maybe six foot one, six three, six three. Just okay, six three. Mm-hmm. But like the thing is, like his arms are like tree branches, yes. and then he's got just these two giant baseball mitts <laughs> on the ends of his like long tree man arms. I don't know who drew you into existence. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to touch back on something you mentioned slightly. Uh, we don't have to go into too much detail, but I know you said you work three jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'd be remiss to almost not bring attention to, do you feel as though you have to because of the field that you're in? No, not at all. Okay. I make enough money to do what I want, but... So um, that, that's just you then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just me. I like to stay busy. Uh, I have two bartending jobs, and then I also work for the apartment complex that I live at, so my rent is incredibly cheap. That's awesome. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. And so why would I not exercise the right to have extra money just to, you know, pull carpet or, you know, whatever? I think I... I think I... I know the answer to this question based on the way you expressed yourself during the segment, but do you, would you do it all again? Oh yeah. I would do it sooner if I could. Okay. If I turned 21, I would instantly try and find a bartending job. So what would you say to young Brian, uh, to kind of prepare yourself for this? If I could talk to my younger self, there would be a wide array of things that I would tell them. Yeah, but in regards to bartending. But in regards to bartending, be on the other side of the bar, the bar, the side that has more fun rather than uh, going out to try and have a good time. Uh, your friends will be there. Your friends will always be there. You will always make sure that you are doing what you want. But... Sometimes it's just better to work rather than spend all of your time and money 
on having fun. Okay. Do you think that there's anything about bartending that we didn't really touch on that you kind of want to express, uh, kind of a message that you want to portray about what you do? Not, not really. No, like I feel like we've covered enough ground. Yeah, know, we went into pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty good. Detail. I've talked about. You have your really rewarding customers or guests that always want to, that are always excited to like hear about your life and what else you do. Um, and then you, you're going to have your really bad times that you want to just quit or go home for the day and know that the, that's the end of it. You, it's fine. You're going to see it. You're not going to see it again in that same form, but you have your good days. You have your bad days. You have your days where you make a lot of money. You have your days that you aren't going to make as much as you did. And you can't really compare the two because it's just the industry and it doesn't work like that. You can't say, Oh, I made the X amount on Saturday. Why am I not making it this Saturday? Well, because every day is different. Okay. So um, there's, there's not really a way for you, for you to predict, like you couldn't really do an accurate budget for yourself then. Like you don't know, you don't know. I mean, you have, I guess it's a rough idea. Like you'll never make less than a yeah, certain amount, yeah. but you know, one one week you might be flush, and the next week you're just scraping by. Like, is that accurate, or like, do you ever feel like you're? I guess you're like you're at risk. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever feel like, oh shit, I need to work? There have harder. been times where I know that I have to plan out my days. Um, I have several bills coming up or whatever because life is full of bills and on the new but uh, yeah but there are your days you're just like okay i got this coming up okay i got this okay there's this person's birthday oh there's this oh there's this coming up. okay i got a, i got a budget for that um i don't know it's it's something that you have to be consciously aware of you have to make sure that you're always one step ahead of everything and there's not much to it really you just have to be more mindful of yourself because it's easy to go out and spend money on food or you know, oh, drinks, drinks. Or, drinks or one night when you get on Amazon.com at three in the morning after you've had five beers uh, after a seven hour shift and you haven't really ate and you end up buying four books. That and that hentai body pill you've always wanted. We don't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so I guess, I guess the question I really want to ask is like, is there a day where you walk into work and you're like, if I don't fucking make $200 tonight, I am absolutely boned? Oh, no. I always make sure. I always budget. And that would be the biggest message that... That you're I, rock bottom. <laughs> Brian's only rock bottom. The, the biggest message that I have to offer is that I have hit rock bottom. No, but uh, the biggest message that I have is like, you, you shouldn't ever be under. Like, there's no way... Unless, like, you only bartended one day a week or something, and you, like, made, like, 150 but You can't survive on that. That's stupid. But you should always be able to budget yourself. And you shouldn't go ahead and ball out just because you made X amount on this day. Is it, is it ever hard, though, with just, like, because that's cash in your pocket, like, right now. Oh, that's cash in my pocket, and my, my bank is on the way home, and I deposit it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. That's what I was going to work. Oh, yeah. Josh and I have both worked jobs where we've taken tips on Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a waiter, a server, for some time. When I would leave, I would take my tips and just deposit it to the bank account 
because it's a lot easier to spend cash. And I'm sure that that's, that's a big downfall for people budgeting when they're mm-hmm. bartending and mm-hmm. uh, even waiting, mm-hmm. which is why I always made it a point to deposit that money. Yeah. Um, my bank's on the way home. If I'm too tired to stop there for five minutes to deposit it, I have a lockbox. I have a box that holds all of my extra tip money. Uh, if I'm saving up for something, that's where that goes. Uh, if you know I'm trying to budget it out, so this much goes to the bank, this much is for what I'm saving up for, I divide it up, and then that's that. Uh, I do give myself an allowance of play money um, for whatever I feel like, but for most of the time, I do make sure that I have all my ducks in a row. Cool. Um, well, that pretty much covers bartending, but we I mean, we want to delve into Brian a little bit. Yeah, once we're on to the interview proper, we uh, don't really have a name for the segment yet, but we kind of just, we're going to ask you a bunch of weird questions. Like I said, again, you don't, have to, you don't have to answer anything you don't want to answer. Um, you don't have to drop any names you don't want to drop, but we're going to ask you some things. I mean, not, nothing really too personal, Yeah. but just some fun shit. Like, uh... Tell us about your first kiss. My first kiss, I was down the street from my old house where I grew up in Sydney, Ohio. and Not Sydney, Australia. No, no. Much, a lot farther and a lot, I had a, 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 lot, of, a lot worse in Sydney, Australia. I had a, a completely different idea of who you were as a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I used to tell people all the time, uh, oh yeah, I'm from Sydney. You don't have an accent. I was like, well, I've lived here for so long that it faded away. You know, it was like a year. And that doesn't look like that. <laughs> but uh, I think if I remember correctly, my first kiss was like from this girl that was two years older than me down the road from my house, like a block away. Look at you, playboy. Yeah, right. And then now look at me. How old are you then? I think I was five or six. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a cat. That's a cat. That's yeah. A that's a really age. Five or six, it means that she was seven, seven or eight. eight. Oh. Nice. But were you still a four? <laughs> no, 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 he was four. No, he was four. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, you, if you could exist in any fictional universe, what would it be? Oh, my God. Let me narrow that down. If you could exist in any cartoon, what would be cartoon? One where I have superpowers for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some good or, out there. Or if I could just replace Tony Stark with myself, that that'd be it. Yeah, yeah. Billionaire playboy philanthropist. Asshole. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll accept that answer. Um, what is the best dessert? The best dessert. <clears throat> I do make a pretty damn fun cheesecake. Uh, and I will eat that any day of the week. Yeah, you made it for last year. Yeah, I made it yeah. for you guys. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, he does make a fine cheesecake. He's not lying. I can't really attest to everything else he's said on this podcast. But <laughs> I have tried the I don't know how his fucking drinks are, but his cheesecakes are fantastic. <laughs> uh, he pours a, a, a fraction of the love into his drinks that he did to that cheesecake, then you're in good hands. Good, very large hands. <laughs> um... If, if you could, if you could only pursue one, drawing or comedy? Comedy. Yeah? Comedy, for sure. Do you, is it because you think that you're better at that? 
Or I'm not saying that I'm better at either. It's just I feel more confident in myself. And it's more, uh, it's like quicker to be rewarded through comedy than it is to yeah. be like I have a better like self-satisfaction because I can Yeah, that is, that is like a nice instant gratification loop there too. Like you're on stage, you say a joke, people laugh. You get that, you get that adrenaline rush right away. Yeah. And then I leave and, you know, if, or I get off stage and a few are just like, dude, you were really funny. Thanks, guy. And then, you know, maybe we bullshit for like 10 minutes or whatever about me or life or anything. Mm-hmm. But with a drawing, it's so subjective that some people hate it, some people love it. And that's it. Like, oh, cool, you did that, huh? Yeah, but your drawing has an opportunity to be more timeless. Uh, and potentially, it's well, I, mean, I, I think well, we live in the age where almost everything is put on video. We live in an empire of YouTube and Vine. The and day of disposable content. Yeah, yeah, where almost everything is on the internet. So, I've already done like uh, a radio interview on my comedy and stuff like that, and it was very well received and already out there for anybody to see if they wanted to. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> um, I think that's a, pretty much all the questions that I had that were not bartender related. Did you have any other ones? Uh, let's see. I just went to dessert. Um, if you could switch lives with a celebrity, who would it be and why? That's a really hard one to think about. <laughs> I, I never think about that because I'm always trying to Okay, who would you meet? Who would I meet? Of all people. Probably Louis C.K. Louis C.K. is funny as fuck. He's had the biggest impact on my comedic uh, career, or whatever you want to call it, since day one. I've watched all of his stand-ups religiously. and his I, relate show, to that, I relate to him on a personal level. Uh, he is fucking sad. Yeah, yeah, he is. And I am right there for it. Um, I mean, just hearing them talk about like divorce and stuff, mm-hmm. like I, I, there's a lot of relatable stuff. I forgot Louis about that. Yeah, no, Louis, Louis, he's he, I think is one of those comedians that has a lot of layers to what he's offering, mm-hmm. and I think that um, he's awesome inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think it's funny that it's easy to forget that he's half Mexican. Um, do you guys know he directed Pootie Tang? Mm-hmm. I yeah, I know that. Yeah, he he directed Pootie Tang. <laughs> yeah, Louis C.K. had a real crazy life. I am sure there was a there's a special you can actually watch like him, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and um, British guy kind of <laughs> chubby. What's his name? Uh, Ricky Gervais. Oh, okay. sit down and just all talk to each other. Yeah, oh, it's fucking hilarious to watch those four interact. I've heard about it before. What's it called? I can't remember what's called. Okay, some kind of inside the actress. It was some, some HBO thing. So let me ask you. Um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about uh, that's maybe not related to anything that we asked you? Anything that you want to say while you have the platform? Not really, no. Uh, I wanted to thank you guys for bringing me on this. It was really cool. Oh, I also haven't you. seen you guys in like three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a hot minute. Yeah. So all this, everyone's busy doing everything. Yeah. I was, like, stoked the other day. You're like, hey, man. I'm like, what's up? Because I was just crawling out of bed from a drunken stupor the night prior. And 
We uh, have been busy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's good, though. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I think we, we, uh, we're playing it in English the same way every time, so i got to ask you, is there anything you want to ask us? You get to ask us one question, anything. I really, I really never have any questions. I'm a simple <laughs> man. I came here and did that's what a, I... No, that's okay. We're not going to force you. Yeah, no, but, but you can ask us anything. Any one question. <laughs> I'm in our friendship of, what is it, like five years now? At least. Yeah. You know, you and Mike both said that in your interviews, and I believe we've known both of you for a long, long, long five years. Five yeah. years. I don't know. But regardless, in... Our friend, I've asked you guys a ton of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And uh, you've definitely seen me grow from like some little scene metal wiener kid to <laughs> to the man before us today. Yeah, to, yeah absolutely. To the guy now that goes on stage and tells jokes and talks about his dick and balls in front of people uh, <laughs> for his own satisfaction. Yeah, and it's it's fant- it's been fantastic. It's been a, a yeah. wild ride. So you're officially giving up your right to ask us a question. He's, I, he's forfeiting. I guess so. That's okay. Um, I have one last question for you then. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, or did you have any, um, notions about podcasting that maybe you have a, a better light shined on you now that you're on one? Or um, do you still have any kind of notions about podcasting that you like, like cleared up? Not at all. Um I listen to a few podcasts and I sort of understand what it's like. Uh, I told you a little bit ago I was on a radio show. Right. And it's essentially the same thing, only not like live broadcasted. And if I mess up, then that's the end. I'll be y'all. Yeah. And um, we don't have as much cool technology as they do. <laughs> this is just a small shack <laughs> with, a, with an old laptop. Yeah. It's a, it's a third bedroom with, <laughs> with an old laptop. That's a, that part's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I mean, then that's pretty much everything that, that we've got for you, then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did you want to plug anything? Your uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, your next show, your next bartending gig. <laughs> <laughs> anything for your comedy? Uh, not not so much. I I don't really, like, have. I, I sort of, like, hit a writer's block with all my material, so every, you know, time I go out and do stand-up, I... It's only like maybe one or two new jokes uh, for the past like month or so, um, so it's not as frequent as it used to be. And uh, social media, I somewhat fell off, but I still check just to kind of see what everybody's up to that I don't see as much. I don't believe you're on Facebook. No, I refuse. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you there. You're one. You want a lucky few. <laughs> But you are. Uh, I did have Facebook uh, for a little while while after um, the relationship, so I could get on Tinder, and then I realized that was useless as shit. So I just kind of gave all that up. Oh yeah, but that's uh, you are at Bronley. Bronley. How do you spell that? B R O H N L Y. And that's Twitter and Instagram. Yes, and, and Snapchat. And Snapchat. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I'm at Joshua G Justice everywhere. That's Literally everywhere you can find me. Joe. I'm going to go with Joe or Jacuzzi Joe if you're feeling snappy. <laughs> uh, but it's been a great show. Uh, thanks for thanks for stopping by. Hopefully you learned a little bit about bartending today. Um, if you have any questions, you know, drop them where, where you need to. And in the meantime, have a great night.